to the After Credits podcast, where we talk about the movies and the TV shows you love, even if we don't exactly love them. Mabuhay mga kababayan! Makisali kayo sa aming talakayan ng pelikulang Ang Larawan, isa sa mga pelikulang pinalabas sa 2017 Metro Manila Film Festival. Manatili lang po kayo. Ako si Franco Dagelet. Si RJ Silverio. Si Nigel Aquino. And welcome to the After Credits podcast. Wow, what a... Quick transition from <laughs> Tagalog to English. Well, yeah, this is a special pod, a movie review where are, we are reviewing one of the top movies from the MMFF, the Anglerawan. So, well, not only top, but it actually won Best Picture. Oh, nice. When, when was it uh, announced that it won Best Picture? It was just a few days ago, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and we just came here watching it on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, let's start with our initial impressions. RJ, how how'd you find it? Well, um... Alright, so I, um, prior to watching the film, I already knew that it was going to be a musical. And the fact that it was a musical, it kind of intrigued me. Like, wow, this is the first time I've seen a Filipino film, in a Filipino musical film. Like, I mean, yeah. I've, seen some, I've seen some musicals, like live musicals based on, you know, the stuff that we go- went through through college or even... Did we do something like that? Uh, did we watch something we, like that in high school? No. Uh, like musicals? Like, like, a like local musicals, yeah, or something like that, you know? Mm, I, I watched some for college. Like, yeah. In college, just, um, I remember I've seen a few. I just forgot their titles, but yeah, I, <laughs> I remember there were some. Mm. But after seeing that, I... S- yeah, I mean... See, um, after watching it, I realized, wow, this is a really good film. Very, has a lot of traditional elements when it, um in relation to musicals mm. and just yeah spot nice. on spot on oh yeah. what you Nigel what were your like uh, expectations and uh, impressions coming in I actually didn't really know much about the film uh I all I heard was that it won best picture in the Metro Manila Film Festival so I was intrigued uh when uh, RJ suggested that we watch it uh I was uh I was pretty excited because I, th- I don't often get to watch movies with zero, no, with like zero notions about what I was going to be watching once I got into the cinema. So I was pretty excited, and I was actually really, really impressed with what, with what we saw because it feels very different from say a normal Broadway musical or Hollywood musical. Mm-hmm. It feels distinctly Filipino, which yeah. I, I really loved. Yeah. I, I really love that it it um it's got a strong sense of tradition mm-hmm. but and a strong sense of uh of like like Philip of like Filipino of its Filipinoness, if yeah. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that's that's a big thing that I really loved about the, about this movie. Uh Frago, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, like in terms of expectations coming in like uh, as RJ rec- heavily recommended us to watch it, I also saw in social media a lot of uh, other friends recommending us to watch it. So I had relatively high expectations coming in, and these uh, these were validated throughout the movie. Uh, RJ mentioned that it's one of the first Filipino musicals. I want to add to that; it's one of the first well-produced musicals in, in the Philippines, and it's uh, well well made throughout the production. The, the, cinema- the lyrics, the cinematography, it was, just, it was gorgeous. Yeah. The mm. cinematography was gorgeous, even though they didn't feature as many uh, scenes, but uh, they they really uh, set the setting there at yeah. 1941 mm-hmm. Filipino yeah. Intramuros. And I love how they it, in traditional mu- like 
play and musical notion that they kept it in one setting. Yeah. Like it throughout felt, the whole film. It, it felt like a one room play. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, it ventured outside a couple of times, but yeah. it, it, really like, it really just panned towards the room. Okay. They, the let's let's talk about the, what the movie itself is. Um, so it's set in 1941, yeah. right before the Japanese invasion. October in, 1941. I don't know if that month. No, they, they mentioned it. Oh yeah, it was the last. If they're last, yeah, That's like two different. months before uh, Pearl oh, Harbor. That's true, and before, and, uh, before the invasion, invasion of Manila, on December eighth. Okay, so mm-hmm. uh, it's set in the house of this um, famous, famous painter who had painted a year before his most recent obra maestra, his mm-hmm. masterpiece, uh, the portrait of the artist as Filipino, mm-hmm. and the. The art world is a buzz about it because several uh, uh, an article was written about it in France, and all of Manila is talking about this painting. Mm-hmm. It's set in the house of the the great painter, and his and focuses on his two daughters living with him in that house. Um, uh, as we can see, the f- the family had grown, uh, has had some hard times, in the Finan- mostly financial, financial in a couple of years, and the. Focus on the play is the 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 fact of the sister's struggles with living through this uh, and with the painting there and uh, the 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 film's central struggle is over over the painting and whether or not they should sell it because mm-hmm. uh, it, by selling it they would regain their freedom but at the same time they they don't want to get rid of their father's. Um, like final masterpiece you know what i mean yeah because in a way it was meant for mm. it was a gift for them mm. before well, things went yeah sour for the whole family yeah and throughout the the movie so you're introduced to the two main daughters uh, mm. candida marasigan and paula marasigan as other, other people mentioned they have a uh, tony javier who comes in as one of the tenants mm. in the in the room uh Candida, ha- yeah, Candida yeah. Marisigan was played by Joanna Ampel. Paula Marisigan was uh, played by Rachel Alejandro. Side note: Joanna Ampel also won Best Actress, right? Yeah, Joanna Ampel uh, uh-huh. won Best Actress in the Metro Mano- this year's Metro Manila Film Festival. Yeah, for I'd, that portrayal. Yeah, both the both the main sisters did really. Uh, both the main daughters played really well mm. characters, especially Candida and mm-hmm. her emotion there. And then so we have Tony Javier as one of the tenants. Uh, played by Paolo Avellino, mm-hmm. Bitoy Camacho, one of the news reporters. Sandino Martin. Played mm-hmm. by Sandino Martin. Then you have uh, two more uh, two more siblings, the older brother and older sister. Uh, Manolo, played by Noni Buencamino. And, and the sister, Pe- played by Menchu Lauchenko Yulo. Peng, as uh, Sister Pepang. Pepang. Yeah. Yeah, and you have a lot more Filipinos and, Fili- yeah. and a lot more relatives coming in. Mm-hmm. And the... Yeah. Uh, the senators, governments, so yeah. it's a, it's a, it it circles really around Candida and Paula mm. as they interact with the with the offers that mm. these characters give them for the painting as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it, like if you look through the cast, I think if you're really well versed with the um you know the musical and film yeah um scene here in the Philippines, you would know that a lot of those um yeah. a lot of those people in the cast are actually like cameo appearances from well-known yeah very well yeah also some of the uh or, because the the movie was we should say it was based on a 
old literary literary play first written in the 1950s by uh, uh, Nick Joaquin Nick Nick yeah uh, and the most recent um, recent like theatrical uh, theatrical adaptation was in 1997 also mm-hmm. played by a couple of the actors here you mentioned that um, uh, the original Candida and Paula uh, Celeste Legaspi and Zaza Padilla. Yeah, and they made cameo appearances in this film, <laughs> which is really great. It's funny when I saw yeah. Zaza Padilla in the film. It was mm-hmm. like, here comes this character <laughs> who loves to play conga, and I looked at her like, she looks familiar. Yeah, isn't she a well-known singer or something? <laughs> and then when the credits rolled up, like, oh, oh, it's her. That was her. <laughs> it's her. That was her. Uh, That's great. Uh, I should say the music, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Especially with Ryan Kayabyab mm. as, as uh, the, a, one of our mm. legendary composers here in the Philippines. Yeah. Really it, amazing. Uh, it, like, like I said before, it felt really different from like a Broadway musical because the music doesn't feel like that. Because like Broadway music has a certain tone, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and this one isn't as flashy. It's not mm-hmm. as flashy. It's, it's, it's felt a lot more like opera, mm-hmm. you know? Like... Uh, uh, a lot of there's a lot more emotion there's not a lot of like dancing there's not a lot of, like um large scale chore- choreography it's mostly mm-hmm. just like singing and emotion and the story and it's a it's a very interesting dynamic seeing that okay they will they will do spoken word at mm-hmm. first and then suddenly they'll break into song mm-hmm. it's like they want to give emphasis into some of the lines that they're actually singing mm-hmm. yeah like yeah as compared to what they're just saying in yeah, in yeah whenever there's like emotion needed they normally break into song as you said mm-hmm. rj mm-hmm. and uh what do you think of the the songs that the song specifically was there any like uh were there any like epilogue uh, were there any uh dialogues what's, what's the word uh, i'm saying thinking of the any like exchanges monologues yeah monologues uh that uh you liked I like the Donya Loleng song. That was a really <laughs> that fun. That was a really fun song. Well produced, well composed. Yeah. Mm. What, what, what's in the Donya Loleng song? What's the so context there? Okay. So in that one scene where their um, Candida and Paula's godfather came in to like talk to the father and then just you know have that little sort of um, quote unquote intervention with the sisters, and then it was like sort of cut short. Of it when his wife, Donya Lole, mm-hmm. yeah, came in. So, the Godfather Don Pedrico is like, "Oh wow, here is uh, here's my wife, Donya Lolling and then everybody's like, everybody's like all happy again <laughs> for some weird reason. And then she she has this air of like, um, how do you call it, vibrancy? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You're like all this charm, and then she brings in her whole, whole well. entourage, including <laughs> Zaza Padilla's character. And it's funny. There's um. Uh, like this well-known young actor Ray uh, Raver Cruz. Cruz he just comes in dancing that's all he does he just dances like smooth you dancing know, I remember you, Fr- <laughs> Franco just laughed when he entered actually no cause like in the subtitles he it, said it said walang ginagawa sa buhay yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do anything he just follows us, just follows us. <laughs> that's in the subtitles and yeah and like when I saw him it was like oh, it was like how he moved around the whole room and all that like Makes sense. He doesn't look like he he's been, he's been used to his whole life or something. Guys, we're forgetting the best song in the movie. Biscuit at task. Oh yeah. Oh th- okay. Yeah. Just okay. We're saying a lot of this without context. There's a um, 
there's a there's a lot of like there's also like strangely a lot of li- like comedy like maybe 10 percent uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny mm-hmm. yeah the, this is from mostly concentrated with like the two they're kind of like the comic relief characters in the movie the these two vaudeville singers that mm-hmm. work with tony javier um what were their names uh they were <laughs> susan, susan and violet played by chris Vilonka and isil santos because like I, I really like how they were introduced because they were just they, they just like showed up drunk at the at the house and mm-hmm. they appeared and they're just like bothering everyone and then they, they forced Tony Javier to rehearse with them at the house because there's a piano there. And then they singing just they're just saying a disket, a basket, put, put it, it in, in my, my basket. basket. <laughs> it it's it sounds really bad, but then they transition and they just 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 start singing really they actually singing really really well mm-hmm. I, I just really like the transition because you know just, <laughs> you just kind of expect them to just be there <laughs> but then they're actually really good singers as well yeah but, but probably like uh the standout song for me is the kind of like the main song here the main the the parang the the main song of the movie kai sarap ng buhay ng araw which scene was this again? Uh, okay. it, it, when they're right after um, everyone la- leaves in the first day. And then they're talking about their their past lives, the soirees that they attended Ooh. when they were when their when their father was part of genteel society. Uh-huh. And talking about uh with it, they're talking about um, trying to get those days back in order to live without fear, without sorrow mm-hmm. and to live to focus on beauty and truth and that will bring them bring back the old days yeah yeah it, it's a, it's like a big theme of the movie in general is um trying to bring back the past into the into now into the even when the, when it's been long gone for it's, a very long time and i guess in context with the setting it kind of makes sense given that they're now in the um, the setting is pretty much american coloniz- mm-hmm. colonization entering the World War Two era, yeah. when these uh, this family of the Marisigans they've lived their whole life under uh, Spanish. the Spanish colonization. So, <laughs> actually, yeah. no, they wouldn't have. Oh, yeah. Most, uh, oh the father would have, and the then his would values have, would, passed would on to the kids. Yeah, the yeah. kids would have lived their childhood in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. No, not if really. They were 30s. In their in their 30s, uh, the, we'd had uh, 1920s, right? No, no, we we transitioned into American colonization at uh, 1899. Yeah, oh. but I guess in a way, since the father lived yeah. during the, the the transition period, would have been uh, early th- into the earliest early twentieth century, which would be when yeah. they would have lived. Because yeah. in the opening scene, they showed how like the Span- Filipinos it was Spanish, and then the Americans came. Yeah, yeah. and then so, they say it's oh, it's nineteen forty one now. But surprisingly, it was well because of the house itself. It the setting really felt more of like colonial, col- yeah. a colonial yeah. setting, well, Spanish colonial. It was in Intramuros. It was one of the even up to now. It's still very Spanish. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the themes of the movie, like, especially about the the meaning of the portrait itself. So Ang Laron directly translates to the portrait that the. Uh, the the main guy made Porter. so uh, not no, not the main guy. i mean the, <laughs> the, the, the the father the father of the, of the, the main of the two <laughs> daughters made so uh what because like the way they showed they didn't really show the port they just showed they blurred it. glimpses mm-hmm. uh people talking uh, there was one scene where the portrait is at like a 
86 degree angle you could barely barely mm-hmm. see it from that side yeah. and then uh yeah they just they never revealed it at the end i don't mm-hmm. know if it's a spoiler it's but not uh, really what do you think of it as the idea of the portrait because uh i think it's just the idea of the portrait is the important part uh, we don't really need to see the portrait we have it described to us in pretty vivid detail it's um yeah. it's a portrait of it's like um it's a tribute to um a need because of like uh Aeneas and yeah. it's a portrait Anchises. of the artist uh, as, as both Aeneas and Aeneas and, 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 Don- and Kisses like leaving the burning of Troy yeah so it's and, uh, Aene- Aeneas would be the, was the story was Aeneas would be carrying his father as they were escaping from the burning of Troy and um, the the thing was that the, um, both Aeneas and Anchises were painted in the likeness of the painter himself yeah. Don Lorenzo which was like the younger and older mm-hmm. versions of himself, and then you remember that one scene where Don Pedrico, yeah, a friend yeah, of the painter, yeah, the Godfather, pretty much of um, of Candida and Paula. Like he went up to the portrait and said he understands it now that the representation is actually of the artist and his conscience, or is that just like the no, no, that, that's what he said? And it, it actually comes up a little later as well when um, because because the story was Paula. Paula and Candida, they're they don't have uh, they don't really have any means to support themselves. They re- rely on their older siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to find ways to support themselves, but they ultimately are not able to. Mm-hmm. And the their older siblings, Manolo and Pepang, want them to uh, abandon the house and put their father up in like a retirement home or a hospital, uh, because they they say because they don't have enough money to support them, mm-hmm. but. The true reason comes out later is because because they have abandoned both their family and their the, values. the values of that family. Mm-hmm. You can see the, the transition, like it, pretty much Candida and Paula, they stuck to their old values of like during, well, I would say, we could say the Spanish colonial mm. um, or like pretty much the traditional Filipino values. Yeah. And then whereas Manolo and Pepang, they gave up those values so that, you know, they can live where they are at. And we're just pretty mm. much very colonial, like very um, Western, mm. almost Westernized. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, so, but the, and the house is a reminder as, as a stand-in for their conscience mm-hmm. of reminding them what they abandoned. Yeah. And it, you can see them that it's eating them up inside. That's why they want to get rid of it. So that they can just push, they can just move on with their lives without mm. having that conscience bothering them over and over again. Yeah, like they reveal the like the inner conscience of each character mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Like they mentioned that how the con the the painting itself was uh, Don Marasigan's uh, the fa- the father's uh, conscience mm-hmm. in him painting it. Yeah, as well and like you know it was also served as like a chain for the the two daughters because. Mm. They didn't know their whole like life was that was sort of like keeping the painting intact, mm-hmm. and by well the 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 plot happening that they could resolve that that uh that relationship that they had with the painting. So yeah. we won't spoil it there. Um, yeah. Uh, I really like, I I really liked it because it it doesn't it also doesn't really outright condemn people for for transitioning to. A different value system, because because like like uh, Donya Lela, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Lepang or Lela? Le- um, I think it's Lepang. 
uh, let me just confirm that <laughs> Donya Lolang Donya Lolang uh, she's like she, she's like a very vibrant alive character but we can see that she's one she's someone who ha- firmly has her foot in the new world mm-hmm. uh, but even so the um, uh, Paula and Candida don't despise her for it you know what I mean? Like e- e- even Don Pedriga, who is Donya Lolang's husband, who was some, who was a big, uh, a big figure in their lives, in their old lives. Even if, even when they tra- transitioned into, even when he a- abandoned his poetry in order to get into politics, in order to support his family, it's not really, it's not really something to condemn him for because the, because he sings a song in the, in the, in the movie. That's basically saying that life is complicated. That mm-hmm. just because um, he aba- just because he's no longer the poet that he once was, that's what was meant to happen. Because the poet was meant to die. He says well, that himself. Only then later on to reveal that it was somewhat revived. After yeah, that it was that somewhat encounter. revived. Yeah. 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 It also makes you. It's also a story of how like you can still pursue your dreams, even if. Let's say you had to abandon it for after for a while. Mm. Like mm. I mean, if you had a passion for like playing the piano or the guitar, maybe you could get like a side job right now or like a, another job that's not piano related, and then eventually you can uh, do do your piano as a hobby or something down the line when you're eventually sta- financially stable yourself. Mm. Then we're treading towards life talk right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a deep movie, yeah, of course. A, mm-hmm, so yeah, like. I mean, there's a lot of that, like, there's a lot of uh, scenarios like that where people want to just take the easy road, like, like for uh, Tony Javier's character who just wants to uh, immediately sell the painting so that he could live an easy life. Actually, yeah, that was the pretty much main easy way out for everyone in that um, film. Just sell the painting and then, you know, your troubles will go away. Yeah. Yeah. But, of course, that didn't really happen. Yeah. Although, in the end, she still dis- uh, because in the end, uh, Paula destroys the painting because yeah. she calls it a curse, and Spoiler. in a way, it is a curse mm-hmm. because it's constantly taunting them yeah. with as a solution of their problems. So it's a spoiler now. Uh, yeah, we've been yeah. spoiling. Right. Yeah, we've been spoiling pretty much. All right, all right. All right. So, uh, so like, should she? Should they have just sold it then? Okay. Um. Or just donated to the country. country. Oh yeah, that was the other option actually. I was like that. W- that could have been the. Middle I would. Ground. I would prefer that though, because yeah. like, I mean, in the realistic point, or just uh, rent- sense, then yeah, like you would have sold it, or like donated, to or, donated, or or not even just donate, or just rent it to the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or rent it to like a museum. Mm. But like, it belongs in the museum. But I guess <laughs> I mean, yeah, it really stems. They more can always just claim it. <clears throat> uh, but like, after. but it really just stems on that yep. being something personal to yeah. um, to Paula and Candida. Even it's the, the principle of the thing. Yeah, especially yeah. since it was the last mm. ma- uh, painting okay. made by their father before. Yeah, he pretty much tried. Before, yeah, he tried to commit suicide. suicide. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's another thing because uh, it, it gets revealed later in the movie that. Um, the reason that the great Don Le- what's his name Don Lorenzo Don El Lorenzo Magnifico. the El Magnifico, El Magnifico has been uh, has been invalid for the past year was that right when he finished the painting he the Paul and Candida can, uh, 
confronted them and accused them of ruining their lives because or i think it was prior to the um, painting yeah or something like that yeah so like, like paul and candida confronted their father saying that their lives are pretty much going nowhere because of like their father not following like don pedrico's steps, steps. Of, um you know he became a senator and abandoning his poet um, and, like his artistry yeah, yeah no, his, his art. artistry pretty much and then as a result he um don lorenzo just painted that final masterpiece and then, and then tried to kill it, himself yeah well he gave it first to his um two daughters yeah and said farewell candida farewell paula and then he tried to commit suicide mm. so there in a way that's where um it's somewhat personal to the two because it has a sort of guilt if yeah. they try to get rid of it side note if he did kill himself the value of that painting would have skyrocketed oh man do you think if they sold it he would have tried to kill himself again I, I don't think so. Because well, like he, he said he says it a lot. He says it to Tony or, Javier and he says it to them that it's not his painting anymore. It's, it's, it's theirs. Not, it's theirs. Yeah. Or like if they destroyed it, do you think he would have just painted another one until they sold it? I, I like <laughs> to think that if the war didn't break out, he would have continued like he would have mm. got a new life and started painting again. Mm. Yeah. But I guess in that uh, at that moment he was like well from what Don Federico saw in him he has lost the will to live. Yeah. So it pretty much meant that, yeah, he didn't have any, yeah. like, passion anymore to do what he did because of, like, the confrontation. Mm. You, you know what this reminds me of? The decision of whether or not to sell the painting. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that scene in Star Wars where uh, the Rose, she has to give the smuggler her necklace yeah. that belonged to her dead sister mm-hmm. for the smuggler to accept the deal and she oh. just immediately just gives it to the smuggler even oh, though God. it was really important to her sister because it's because just because it means a lot for her, it would have ensured the safety of the rebellion that's yeah. why yeah. principles over just personal connection yeah the mm-hmm. ideal that entire storyline is pointless but alright <laughs> But, but hey, that's a that's a just how similarity. It you can it's have. a different movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a different movie. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get the yeah. the theme. The themes are a little similar. Like um, be- because Don Pedrico says it. Like they say it as well. Like even if, like, what's more important, your principles, your ideals, or or practical matters, like what you're going to eat, what you're going, how you're going to live. How, mm-hmm. how are you going to take care of your the ones you care about? Mm-hmm. Like, what's more important in the end? Uh, the, the the movie doesn't really answer that question either because you don't um, see what their lives are like you, after. You don't after. What was it? It's, it's a yeah. little, it's a little they, could, they could have realistically just starved if the family, the relatives pulled out support, and they couldn't get a job and mm-hmm. no electricity. Oh, uh, realistically as well, they probably all died when Manila mm-hmm. got. Burned to the ground, to the ground dur- during World War Two. <laughs> well, I guess that's why it was left in that kind of ending. Mm. It was weird though, like when the when that scene when Don Lorenzo finally came out, mm. and then Paula and Candida just went up to them, and then hugs and kisses, and then all, and then all of a sudden it cuts to the scene of the war happening. <laughs> like, is this how the movie ends? Did they all die? Did they all die? <laughs> Like what the hell is happening? It uh, is a good thing they panned back to the scene of the um the Lana, La, a virgin of Lanaval yeah. press, um procession. 
So I'm like, did you notice that they kind of interpose the ver- like the Virgin Mary over Don Lorenzo? Did, did you notice that like uh, it was for it was the the. The, the, the virgin on in the procession and then mm-hmm. it fades out but it fades out directly that the virgin fades out into Don Lorenzo really like, oh, yeah, I think I, I think I remember seeing that and then and then when she comes out he kind of has his halo around him yeah he has because that like Albert hair. Einstein white hair yeah mm-hmm. but it's like it, there's like a light behind him then that he has mm-hmm. like a halo kind yeah. of I don't know if they're equating him with the Virgin Mary but I'm not or, sure or something in that level I, 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 I just got the impression that he looked like Albert Einstein <laughs> because they kind of make like for, throughout the entire movie we've never we never see Don Lorenzo until that moment mm-hmm. so he's kind of like this holy figure just outside just outside the world mm-hmm. And like that's how he's he's viewed by almost everyone. He's like this legendary fig- figure that nobody really talks to. He's he's like uh, Luke Skywalker at the end of the Force Awakens. That's a... why, why are we still tying in Star Wars into this <laughs> into this review, man? I get that it was released the same month, but damn, son. But he's right though. Yeah. It's, no, it's basically like... Luke Skywalker in the Force Awakens. It's, 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 he's the person they talk about. But never act. We, we never actually see. <laughs> all right, all right. Fair point. Yeah. yeah. And uh, anything else, guys? Uh, in the, uh, in that like, what what? Where do you fall on in the debate? Like, do you forget the past and focus on the future, or do you try to keep the past alive in the present? Uh, yeah, Arjun? I think it's possible to keep the past alive in the present so long as you. You don't forget that you still have a life to live, and then maybe there are some instances where practical matters will have to um there'll have to be a compromise for that mm. and maybe you have to su- like I don't think you could fully surrender your um ideals of the past so long as mm. so long as you you know you try to keep yourself alive or something like that. Franco? Yeah, like I, I think I'm s- similar to RJ in this, where it's it's more of like seventy thirty in terms of present versus past. Mm. In that sense, where you can't really give up everything, but really, practically speaking, you have to move on forward. I kind of relate the most to like uh, the senator, mm. or the poet who became a senator because he had to uh, get a, a higher paying job to support his family, mm. and then eventually now that. He realized that he gave up his poetry job. He wanted to become a poet again. Well, more That's of like he just revived that side of him that was a poet. I mean, he, I like it's not like he will like it's pretty much like if you you knew how, you know how to ride a bike, you won't instantly forget it. It'll yeah. just come back eventually if you mm. just think about it. Yeah. There's always a balance to be found. Yeah, there between will. the past, the present, and mm-hmm. the future. There are no absolutes. <laughs> Only a deals with absolutes. That's the third Star Wars reference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Franco brought it up. I just had to say. Yeah, you have to, you have to reach with your feelings <laughs> and just find the balance. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's true. But it's like, the past will always will always have its fingers in the in the present and their future. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it will, you can never <clears throat> really let it go. But like, yeah. I think, honestly... But, I like focusing on the future far more than the past mm-hmm. because but don't um like pretty much don't be like manalo manalo and pepang where they try to destroy it yeah because yeah. that would only just torment you even more mm. 
Yeah. Like, I, I try to focus more on the future. But also, I the want war. to live in the present. <laughs> I focus on the future. I live in the present. I remember the past. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, perfect ending there. And uh, what do you think happened to the... What do you think will... What do you think the painting will symbolize now? Mm. Now that it was burnt. Now it was burnt. Um, do you think it will be the spark that will light the fire? Oh, Jesus oh, Christ. <laughs> it's not even a good one. <laughs> yeah, man, those are very good That's probably the worst light in the last one. <laughs> <Sorry. minute. laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> this has now become wait, 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 an Angla Star Wars crossover podcast. What did you think of the movie? Um, on the, a, if uh, Yeah, a scale of 1 to 10. Honestly, from 1 to 10, I give it a 9. Solid yeah. 9. I, I kind of wish... I don't know. I wish it was a, a, it was, I wish it was a little tighter of a story. Because there were some weird plot things that I'm not sure happened, but apparently did. Like, it, for some reason, it's insinuated that Paula told Tony to do that, but it felt weird. I don't know. Just, that's why it's a nine. I, I really, really <laughs> like... I, I, really, I really love this movie. But it could be a little tighter. Like, a, mm-hmm. But the storyline could be a little tighter. What about George? I'd also give it a nine. I, I, um, out of all of the things that was in the film, I really enjoyed... The fact that it was a musical, yeah, and the music was just spot on. Ryan Kaiyabi did quite a, um, a justice with this mm-hmm. um, film. Yeah, I'd give it a solid like nine and a half out of out of ten for this. Like, I'd want to give it a ten, but like as Nigel said, it could have been a lot tighter. There were like, there, I don't know. I had a weird a conspiracy theory that because like they're trying to ship. Tony Javier and Paula yeah. together. I thought like Paula was pregnant or something. Or yeah, something. I remember you whispered it to me. Oh my god, she's pregnant, isn't she? <laughs> I, like, so. I just looked at you like, for real, man. <laughs> I was like, some subplot would have happened there, but yeah. like they were hinting at it, and I think they could have just gotten rid of that whole subplot altogether. Mm. But uh, yeah, nine and a half out of ten for me, and I guess that's a wrap, guys. Mm-hmm. Woo. Yeah. yeah, it was a great movie, Amlerawan. I have to, I have to say, this is the very first Filipino film that you. we reviewed here in the After Credits podcast. History has been made right before yeah. 2017 ends. The yeah. very last podcast of the year. Yeah, we really should do more Filipino movies. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there will be films to come next year, especially in Cinemalaya and of course the Pistam uh, Pelikulang Filipino. Which yeah. happened this past year, actually. Yeah. Hopefully, there's and, uh, another one is coming. And the sequel to General Luna. Oh yeah, they, they uh, teased that during the the, uh, the like, trailers. The trailers. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, also, guys, if we uh, you're hoping for us to review Shargao. Well, but, uh, we, with we'll, time constraints, I don't think we can make it. Maybe in 2018, we'll try to squeeze one out. Yeah. Yeah. And well, hopefully, more Filipino films and more films to come. And you can check us out at the After Credits Podcast www.aftercredspodcast.com and like our Facebook page this is our your host Franco Daja joining me today was RG Silverio and Nigel Aquino and thanks again for listening to the Aftercreds Podcast see you guys in 2018 peace mabuhay mabuhay ang Pilipino